This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we've got two guests speaking about recently approved gun harm reduction rules in San Jose, including liability insurance and an annual fee. It should be noted that these recordings were done separately due to some scheduling issues, the against side in early February and the for side mid-month. Here with me today is Kirk Vartan, a local community activist and the founder of a Slice of New York worker cooperative. He's also co-founder of Catalyze SV and the Silicon Valley Public Accountability Foundation. He's here speaking in his personal capacity as a community advocate. Vartan thinks there are too many ineffective gun laws on the books and believes a thorough review needs to happen before new laws are created. How's it going, Kirk? Uh, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on. So let's jump right in. Um, why are you opposed to the recently approved rules on gun liability insurance and the annual fee? Well, I mean, there are many issues. It's being touted as something that will reduce gun violence, and it will not, just plain and simple. The mayor has not engaged the public on this topic. I mean, I personally asked the mayor in public and in private to hold public forums or town halls that would help promote a balanced discussion on gun guns in our society, which unfortunately never happened. And what public engagement has occurred? Council meetings. Uh, n- negligent gun liability insurance doesn't exist as defined in the insurance requirement. Accidental gun liability exists for a majority of firearm owners already, and the council confirmed that coverage was not used to offset costs to the taxpayers. And there's really been no attempt to address gun crime as a regional issue, which it is. Are there any adjustments you feel could be made to these laws that would make you more likely to support it? Uh, When I I heard that question first, it it seemed like a loaded question. Uh, It's like saying, how many fares can fit onto the head of a pen? The issue is the approach being implemented by the council is fatally flawed. It's not what you can make better. It's what can be done to reduce gun violence. And the solution proposed does not address the issue. Do you think these new rules make it harder to own a gun? Yes. I mean, it it makes it more complicated. Uh, For some reason, people think anyone can just walk into a gun store and and walk out with a gun. I mean, there are already many steps to purchase a firearm, including fingerprinting, background checks, federal statements signed under penalty of perjury, proof of residency, etc., uh, getting illegal gun is easy and something that this law does not even attempt to address. And that's really the, the crux of the of the challenge that we're facing right now. I see. Now, in this legislation, uh, or in regards to this legislation, Mayor Sam Licardo has said that residents often pay to participate in a constitutional right. And uh, he pointed out that there's even a federal tax on gun sales. Uh, why do you think this is different? So I guess it goes to the original premise of the ordinance. Again, this was originally a response to the Gilroy tragedy and the VTA shootings. Uh, these ordinances would have nothing, would have done nothing to impact these tragedies. And the mayor is trying to walk a fine line between circumventing the need to put a tax on the ballot in order to get, quote, something done, even if that something does nothing to arrest the underlying issues. And the really insulting part of saying the legal gun owners should foot the bill why legal gun owners are no more responsible for gun violence in the community than you are for drunk drivers killing killing your uh, killing a family if you went out and had a beer. It's putting the cost of a social issue on the backs of some and not others. If the mayor wants to create a gun harm tax, then he should put it on the ballot and have it voted on. Then it's equitable and it applies to every person or every transaction in the city. Some make the argument that uh, this gun liability insurance is no different than being required to carry auto insurance, for example. How do you feel about that? I think it's intellectually dishonest, and the mayor is using common language to blur the reality. We all have cars, and we use them multiple times a day to get around. Saying liability insurance for a gun is the same as a car may sound simple, 
what exactly will that liability insurance cover? Any willful act? No. Gangbangers? No. Mass shootings? No. Suicides? Not unless it is specifically called out in a policy and after probably a really long waiting period. And, and just remember the claim that the victims will get paid for this plan. That was the original claim that the mayor stated. How is that going to happen on a willful act? And what about the lower income residents? The mayor has said that they will get a waiver, which means they will not be covered at all. So sure, they're not gonna get fined, but they don't actually have the coverage. The only coverage is accidental discharge, meaning if the gun goes off by mistake, and it may not even apply to people uh, in your family or in your house. And do we really think that the massive gun problems we have in our communities today are around accidental discharges? It's all about prioritizing limited resources. If everything is a priority, then nothing is. Saying accidental discharges is a top priority is simply not true. Should, should all residents who's, who drink alcohol be required to purchase additional insurance to cover damages caused by drunk drivers or violent drunk persons? To me, that's, that's more equivalent to what the mayor is referring to. I see. Now, final question here. Um, you know, this is all around gun violence. You've mentioned gun violence a few times, and I think these rules were passed, at, at least that's what these elected officials are saying, as an attempt to prevent gun violence. Do you think that the city will be successful in that goal? And if not, how, what do you think would be a better approach to solve this issue of gun violence? So I, what's really interesting is it, it was very carefully crafted. It's, it's now gun harm reduction. It's not really gun violence because I think they've now realized it actually won't affect gun violence. These ordinances will not reduce it. So no, I don't think this will be successful in reducing gun violence. And the many lawsuits that will rain down on the city because it will consume city resources and, and distract the council from doing something effective is, is just not the right approach. Organizations like Silicon Valley Public Accountability Foundation have listed many evidence-based programs that could be done today to reduce violence in our city. First and foremost, enforce and prosecute existing gun laws. Another example would be to create a gun harm reduction commission that engages the community in discussion. Additionally, the city could fund an attorney to prosecute gun crimes, issue gun locks to anyone asking, go to the hundreds of people after the hundreds of people in the armed prohibited persons database who are not actually allowed to own a firearm, implement education and training programs, utilize focused deterrence and targeting of drug dealers, adding mental health services and, and others. And the really sad part of all this is the mayor has not even been using the tools available to him. The National Institute of Justice has researched strategies designed to reduce gun violence, and it doesn't appear that he's implementing any of those. It all starts with the process. The mayor has not tried to have a balanced discussion on this topic. He has simply engaged gun control advocates that support his narrative. And it, and it reeks of corrupt politics. We have all witnessed and experienced too much pain to have this half-assed approach be what we're doing to address this issue. Doing something ineffective that makes us think we are making progress is worse than the status quo. It provides false hope and paves the way for complacency. I want to hold respectful and balanced discussions on the topic of guns and public safety. The mayor does not. Hi, I'm Ramona Guivargas, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Bruce, executive director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. 
You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. Here with me is San Jose Vice Mayor Chappie Jones, who voted in support of the recently approved gun liability insurance and annual fee. Jones has been personally affected by gun violence, having lost a friend to a shooting years ago. Welcome and thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Nick, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. Oh, of course. So let's get right into this. Why are you in favor of the recently approved uh, rules, this gun liability insurance and the annual fee? Uh, because gun violence and gun harm have been um, a plague on our society and in our communities as long as I can remember. Um, you know, from the uh, 60s and 70s, particularly the 70s, when uh, gun violence was at an all-time high and even going into the 80s. And even though um, violent crime and gun violence has gone down statistically, we're still talking about tens of thousands of, of citizens that have been killed by, by guns, as well as the untold thousands who are injured or harmed by gun violence. Right. And how do you see these new rules uh, curbing gun violence? So I want to make a distinction between gun violence and gun harm. Um, gun violence. Uh, when we think about it, you know, we think about the criminal who's robbing someone or, you know, harming someone in a drive-by shooting or some type of other, you know, violent crime. Uh, I'd like to think of this more, what we're trying to do is uh, reducing gun harm. And what I mean by that is uh, suicides, uh, domestic violence incidents, um, uh, ill illegal use of, of, of firearms in terms of misuse or, you know, guns getting in, into the hands of, of um, kids who accidentally, you know, discharge the weapon and, and harm someone. So I really think of this more as uh, gun harm reduction versus gun violence. I see. Thank you for that distinction. And could you just speak to how, how it would reduce gun harm then in that case? Yes. So we have two uh, prongs to our uh, approach. One is the um, requiring insurance on your gun, and the other one is requiring uh, individuals and gun owners to pay a fee, a $25 fee, to, to um, have access to um, uh, really what, we, what we're calling, uh, as far as the insurance piece of it, access to um, taking steps and measures to um, you know, safely store your, your gun, make sure it doesn't get in the hands of a family member or someone um, in your household or in your neighborhood that can uh, accidentally harm someone, uh, create uh, obstacles and barriers to someone getting access to that gun and using it to harm themselves or others, uh, being able to um, really have homeowners work with their insurance uh, companies and on their policies, uh, take extra steps to, you know, reduce that, uh, you know, chance of that gun being used improperly. You know, an example probably would be similar to having a homeowner's policy where you get a discount if you have a, an alarm system, or if you're um, if you own a home that's um, in the woods, and you know you can work with your insurance company to, you know. Uh, take steps to reduce the um, chances that your house will be affected by a, a wildfire. So it's not unprecedented to to create um, 
programs that will facilitate individuals working with their insurance companies to try to minimize or reduce the amount of uh, gun harm that could take place. I see. Thank you for explaining that. Um, now, so a nonprofit is set to oversee um, the annual revenue that's uh, you know estimated to be generated. I believe that's at one point three million. What would that money go to, and how how would you like to see that money spent? That money would go to uh, programs that will reduce gun harm, uh, suicide prevention, uh, domestic violence programs, mental health programs, and services. All all these services that a gun owner can use or um, leverage that will prevent a tragedy from taking place. So why did the city move away from, uh, I believe the original plan was to use the money to offset city costs, but now it seems like it's being allocated to a nonprofit to handle. Why did that change occur? Well, one, of it, uh, one reason was for um, legal reasons. We wanted to make uh, the program um, as compliant to any laws or or regulations that we were aware of. And um, our attorneys, you know, working with our, our city attorneys uh, advised us to structure it this way in order to uh, reduce the uh, chances of this um, ordinance being overturned. Because we, we know we're getting sued. I mean, that was, that was gonna be evident. So we wanted to make it as, um, as rock solid as possible in terms of being able to withstand any legal challenges. I see. And, you know, that might actually answer my next question, which was, you know, can the city not oversee these funds on its own? I mean, it, it, it could, except that, again, we made the decision that we wanted to create a program that will, could withstand, you know, legal uh, challenges. And we felt that having it, uh, the money going to a nonprofit and letting the nonprofit ma- manage the, that, uh, those funds would be a um, better path to go down. Now, uh, as far as the liability insurance goes, the city council passed that almost unanimously. Uh, the annual fee was a little more contested. Why do you think your colleagues were concerned about that, and how would you respond to those concerns? Yeah, so um, I, I can't... Um, I, my colleagues that didn't support it uh, you know, had various reasons. I know that some were concerned that this would be considered a tax on... Uh, gun owners who had a constitutional right to have a gun. Uh, Others were concerned about how the fee would be managed, and there were some uh, issues. There weren't major issues, in my opinion, but there were issues that they had in terms of the the program itself and how how it would be administered and the use of nonprofits versus city uh, control. So there were there are several outstanding questions that they had. Uh, and I can respect that. But at the end of the day, I think we have a solid uh, program and initiative to reduce gun violence. And, you know, some people were saying, well, um, and I, actually, I need to correct myself. I said, gun reduce gun violence. And I should have said reduce gun harm. So I just want to make that clarification. Um, and there are there are people, you know, particularly gun owners, who have come to us and said, you know, this is not going to make a, a difference. Uh, it's just going to make things more inconvenient for, for gun owners. And, you know, I can understand that opinion and position. But, you know, we've seen over the last, you know, 10 years, 20 years, and, you know, over my whole lifetime that 
you know, we've just constantly been um, just inundated with these tragedies, you know, and in your, in your lifetime, you can probably, you know, rattle off several, you know, defining moments uh, in your life that, that were the result of gun violence. Um, I thought Sandy Hook would be a game changer. You know, we're talking about the, the slaughter of babies. You know, if, if Sandy Hook couldn't get people to change their positions on on, on guns, uh, I don't know what will. But I know that at the city level, we don't have the ability to make sweeping changes in, in gun laws. But what we can do is make small incremental changes. And this ordinance that we voted on is one step forward to make those small incremental changes. And, you know, we're, we know that we're not going to save, you know, the world, but by my vote, if I could save one life through what we're doing, then I think I could take my last breath and be happy. Final question here. How will you measure the success of these rules as well as the distribution of the funds that are generated? So we, um, have several um, institutions and individuals who have offered to do the research. One is um, Stanford University, who has offered to come in and, and do a, an analysis and research on the effectiveness of our ordinance. Uh, it's the first of its kind in the country, so we should have a lot of scrutiny in terms of, you know, is it working or not? But I just want to set the expectations, and as the statement I just made uh, before your question is, you know, I realize that it's not going to have a major impact on gun harm or, or gun violence, but if we can have a small impact that's going to save lives, save individuals from being hurt or injured by, by gun uh, harm, then the, the ordinance will be a success. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.